0: listen are you listening (laughs) this is the sound of my country this is the sound of taiwan taiwan
1: A small island with a whole world of sounds.
2: Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio Taiwan International. Up ahead this hour, we bring you Jukebox Republic. But as always, we kick things off with a new edition of Here in Taiwan. Hello and welcome to Here in Taiwan. If you're just joining us now on our Facebook live stream, welcome to you. Today is Friday, July 23rd. Otherwise, if you're tuning in on the airwaves, welcome to you as well. It's now Monday, the 26th. I'm John Ventriest and joining me here in the studio today is Shirley Lin. Hi there. In just a moment, we'll be telling you about a guy who got a speeding ticket, but you won't believe for how much, and you will not believe, how fast he was going. Then we'll be telling you why Time Magazine has listed tai- Taipei on its list of the world's greatest places for the year 2021. And also we're going to talk about a very cute uh, online thing you can watch, a pair of leopard cats being prepared to go back to the wild. All that coming up next. Please so stick around. that um your husband drives right? do you drive as well
3: um i can drive
2: but have you ever I'm not gotten driving. a speeding ticket uh no i've never or you your her. husband no one in your family uh my son your son how much was it <laughs> did you cause i imagine you ended up paying actually, for it actually actually you what it wasn't in the car it was uh on a scooter on a scooter well well this is a motorcycle so close enough oh oh okay so how much was the ticket do you remember i don't
3: a thousand eight hundred
2: nt yeah try more like 34,800
3: NT. Wait, how's that possible?
2: That's the maximum amount oh, that you oh, can get a, oh, a speeding ticket can be. And this that, guy got it.
3: That's really something. That's for you
2: listening out there. 1,240 US dollar speeding ticket. And um, oh wow, it would take probably a pretty serious offense to get uh, charged with that much. But not only is he facing that bill, he may also lose his Ducati... Eleven ninety nine Panigale S motorcycle. Yes, Ducati, huh? <gasps> mm. uh, and that's yeah. that cost one point six million NT dollars. So uh, we're talking some serious financial losses. And the thing is. The cops didn't actually catch him while he was speeding. It was after the fact because he posted video footage of it. You never post evidence, guys. Um, guess how fast he <laughs> was going. That is
3: so stupid. Maybe he, it was a totally new Ducati, right? He's like trying to show, yeah. it, off, show it off, and he totally forgot yeah, but guess what how, he was doing. Guess
2: how fast he was going.
3: Um, well, definitely more than 100
2: way more than 100 (laughs) kilometers per hour more than that even 300 yes he peaked at 300 (laughs) kilometers per hour on a highway
3: that's so dangerous and
2: i don't i'm not good at converting into miles but uh Um, it's very 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 fast dangerously fast right and uh, again the police didn't actually catch him it must have been it looks like it was a kind of late at night i guess It was like, oh, like he left about 5 a.m. in in the morning. Mm -hmm. So I guess not a lot of traffic cops were out at that hour.
3: Right. And and he thought he's safe.
2: And well, he didn't get caught while he was doing it. It was after the fact. He posted footage of himself and his speedometer. And (laughs) also they found that he put a fake license plate on his bike, too. So he's also being investigated for a forgery. Okay, so Jen
3: Delari just figured the uh, the number for us. It's 175 miles per hour. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That's race car driver
2: crazy. And um, yeah, he posted it. And they also found, I mean, it was some detective work, actually. Uh, I guess someone tipped off the police about this video. And they determined it was real. And then they started looking at footage from surveillance cameras near where they figured from the video that he'd been and uh, pieced it all together, figuring out where he lived even, and then they find that wow. he also put a fake license plate on to throw Good off tra- any traffic cops. <sighs> yeah, the license plate, uh, I guess so it showed, the video showed part of it, maybe before he got off on the bike. Yeah. Not, I didn't see the video, so I'm not sure, but somehow... They figured out that while he was doing this, his, he was had a fake license plate on his bike, so they a fraud as well as speeding. Yeah.
3: Um, well, he, you know, some people do that to think yeah. that they can get away from you know get away with not having a ticket, that's, not getting a ticket. That's quite. Cause um, they think that police won't find out. You know. Yeah. Th- with the, a fake. Um, yeah. there's a lot plate. of
2: detective work by the police in the central city of Taichung, though, because they use the images from the video, and and surveillance footage to figure out where he lived and they actually got a search warrant and went to his house. They figured out where he lived <laughs> based on evidence from the video alone and surveillance camera footage. And uh yeah. Yeah. Say- he's likely to get he is likely to face up to a thousand two hundred forty US dollars. That's thirty four thousand eight hundred NT dollars, the maximum speed violation for oh. doing this. It doesn't say he's got what whether he actually got it or not, but it says it's likely. So. Oh, okay. Well if you do, lucky you. I oh, mean my goodness.
3: um. You know, don't be naive. I mean, anything is possible with computers and you well, know, surveillance. Well, good old-fashioned
2: elbow even, grease, detective <laughs> okay. work. You know, even
3: even yeah, old-fashioned way we can still detective get to work. you. Detective work. Yeah, um, that's true. That's
2: what the police are trained to do. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and losing his bike on top of that, his one point six million dollar bike on top of that, definitely not worth it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what he was going for, but uh, it, there really? is a big problem in Taiwan. I think because I live near for, for uh, speeding. Big, of like drag racing type stuff that happens late uh, at night. Yes. I live near a major road and you can hear it. Um, it's not every night, but it's frequently enough to be annoying.
3: We live near a major road too. Do you and often feel If, this, not, if you weren't them, there when I was talking about this, I know I did talk about this before. Um, almost every night there would be these cars speeding because it's, a, racing, it's right? a big road and it's also a very straight road. Right, right. So people can just, you know, just zoom right down. I think we may right living the
2: same type of road that runs around the city and is yeah. more or less. And if can, it lights
3: green, you're, you it's all the way green. And yeah. so they just like run. And, and oh, it's Chinese terrible. are called biao
2: tzu. They're like, right. what, what, why do you translate that? In? Well, it's sort of drag racing, but in English, biao tzu would be something like the people who, or who like just pedal like, to the metal. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah,
3: right. Pedding, right.
2: In their cars, yeah, um, right down
3: on the on the yeah on so the it's gas. Good
2: that um, the police are cracking down on it, even if they're not even there to witness it.
3: I hope they get around to finding who's doing that near where I live, because it's Do you think almost it's the same
2: person every time.
3: Regular, I I feel like it's the same. I mean, I'm very sensitive to sound because you know I can tell. You know, my dad's in. Um, lubricants for machinery and cars okay. so i'm very sensitive you know about cars if there's any situation with our family car like you know i said honey do you hear right. that thing i'm very sensitive <clears> and well, so i think i can tell it's the same car and i've been wondering like how come now nobody has even caught this guy i, I well, think he's he has a way
2: usually at late hours so yes. there's no one really around to catch them but to catch them i
3: don't know there are other well, the roads people are kind who of are
2: more deserted you know,
3: yeah, there are other people who stay up all night.
2: <laughs> it's dangerous though. I don't it happens it's again. It's
3: terrible. Not every night but like guy.
2: frequently enough. Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe some of them are the same people, but because the roads ring that we that you and I both live by ring the city, they could come from anywhere. It's sort of like the racetrack, you know. I don't I don't think it necessarily is the same group of people.
3: Yeah, if there's one, there's you know, they tell they go around and yeah. tell everybody else and I mean everyone yeah, knows right.
2: about it. You can drive all the way straight across the city without too much traffic so anyway um, uh, hopefully none of them are going 300 (laughs) kilometers an hour that's crazy (laughs) well hey we're one of the greatest places in the world at least if Time Magazine is to be believed Mm. Um, at least and only for 2021 unfortunately but uh, so we'll have to try again next year to get back on the list Um, they released this on Tuesday July 20th and I got to say, the bits of Taipei they feature in their write-up about the city are kind of not my favorite ones. Like, they missed all the good stuff. Oh, They chose some weird reasons to, that were the best place in the world. I mean, okay, we'll take the honor, but like, <laughs> we have better things to offer. Anyway, uh, what they wrote about was uh, a mix of cultural heritage and quiet, quiet ambiance, which I don't... Think of Taipei as a particularly quiet city, but mm, they looked no. at the National Center for Photography. Never been there actually. Oh, um, the Taipei Performing Arts Center, which I think is just opened not that long ago. It was under construction last time I was there. Okay. And for some reason, the Hilton Hotel, which there's plenty of nice accommodation here. I don't know why. Probably someone um, stuffed a couple of bucks in there <laughs> for a little <laughs> shout out. And huh. yangmingshan it's... National Park, which I do agree with, is yes. very lovely. It's, yes. Uh, not really downtown Taipei, a bit difficult to get to if you don't have your own wheels. But yeah, right. a beautiful national park in yeah. the mountains yep. uh, covered with a sort of volcanic landscape. There's like a, mm. not geysers, but like uh, bubbling bits in yes. the ground where water comes out and there's hot so springs. And nice a, hot springs. a fumarole as well, a big smoking hole in the ground. Right. Um, Just a
3: lot of um, flowers. And lot of flowers, yes. And yes, yes.
2: And uh, a nice grassy oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, sort of Highland feel mm. to the place. It, it rises above the city, so yeah, uh, that I, I'll agree with. The rest, I don't know. And it says this, the the Taipei Performing Arts Center in particular was like a big thing for them, and it seems like, according to this article that I have, is it the third time that the center has caught the attention of international media this year? CNN and the Guardian also picked it as, what was it, transformative building set to shape the world?
3: Oh, really? I okay.
2: It is a cool looking building. It's got like, it looks like a a bunch of geometric shapes crashed into the walls. Like Uh There's a half of a sphere coming out of it and kind of part of a triangle in another wall. It does look kind of cool, but...
3: uh, It's already open,
2: right? I'm not sure because it's been under construction forever. Yeah. Um, Yeah, they said that that's the big... Thing, but I would have included a I've lot seen else
3: seen better looking Yeah, no, I kind of agree like the one in Kaohsiung e- Even in
2: Taiwan, I was going <laughs> to <Or> say zone.
3: <Taizong. laughs> even in Taiwan,
2: there's some better looking buildings <laughs> That I, I oh, would well, agree Oh, well,
3: it's okay Everybody's to their own, you know, you know. Yeah, perspective on um, things It's
2: been designed by a Dutch architectural firm Office for Metropolitan Architecture It's slated to open next summer There you oh, go Oh, there you go Because I was going to say I've I, never I, seen it open
3: I know, I know um,
2: And it's transformable So oh. I don't know what that means slide things around so, um, and it contains three theaters and it draws inspiration I don't get this at all from okay. the surrounding cuisine of the surrounding Shirleyan district which includes the Shirley night market okay. there's no food involved in the design so I don't quite get that right um,
3: well I wonder if the people who rate it uh, according to that you know architecture Just probably mm-hmm. they got art, some art, background information critics or something because we have no idea what it looks like and they said, transforming oh, we don't know what it looks I like mean, inside because it's not open so yeah, it's not open yet so and, and we don't have the info maybe about, they got a special you know, preview yeah what so. would you
2: have put on a list of if you I mean okay so taipei world's greatest place or one of them but what, what would you for what reasons would you nominate the city because uh, i think it has a lot more to offer than those than a hilton hotel
3: Taipei one hundred and one. Yeah, it's I a mean, bit cliche,
2: though. What I mean, anything yeah, more? Yeah, but
3: it's still, you know, it's iconic. Um, Taipei, Taipei. Uh, gosh, maybe our what did you call it? Is the uh, Taipei Arena?
2: Um, they have some good shows there. I saw Phantom of the Opera there last oh, year. Oh yeah, yeah. But See, um, it's spacious it's inside. It's big. Um, and
3: it's got a nice big screen on the I outside. I mean, I'm talking uh-huh. about
2: like in terms of world class, though. I don't know if it's world quite up, up there. Um, It's hard. With Taipei, it's hard because it's the intangible things, the daily life here that I think makes it the best place in the world more than Mm -hmm. anything else. Um, Mm -hmm. um, World class. I mean, you can't really quantify how nice the people are, but I really have to say it's one of the most welcoming places I've ever been.
3: Yeah. And
2: I've been to all over Asia and it's, you know, it just feels the most like home to me. Mm. It's that feeling that I think is what Taipei has to offer. To, well, to I mean
3: personally I just love architecture, so maybe that's why I'm all I'm thinking of is like different architectures. But um yeah. World class, world class.
2: Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I think that it's it's hard to explain why Taipei is nice. That's it's not like Paris or London where you've got Monuments and monuments and monuments and. Oh right, just, right. Like you know, um, you know, mu- t- world class museums.
3: I I can only think of the ones. We have ones, good museums. Like the museum, you know, the National the, Palace Museum.
2: Oh, we do. That is world class. Yeah, that is world class. I mean, yeah. Um, so. that's worth a lo- a flight across the world for, I'd say. Um, it you includes most it. of the stuff taken from the mm-hmm. former Chinese emperor's palace you can,
3: you can spend a day when Maybe you can't even finish looking at everything in a day
2: it, Well, the story is amazing too Because uh, when the government fled from China to Taiwan during the, after the Civil War They carried all that stuff and that's brought right. it over piece yeah. by piece Yeah, It's amazing nothing got broken <laughs> You know what I mean? That's
3: Yeah, that's, yeah that's in the middle of a
2: war, and you're crossing kind of, the sea, and I know, really, right? everything is perfectly preserved from the old Chinese palace collection in Beijing, and also, I've Wait, heard. Wait, are you sure
3: none of them got broken? I mean, you know how they they I, kind of like they don't look Display, broken. you know, a little at a time. Yeah, so well, that's, that's like what I'm saying. So much. The other I mean, thing is,
2: you said you mentioned that you can spend a whole day there. Actually, if you come back regularly, it will take you years to see the whole collection because it's yeah. vast, and they only display a little bit at a time. Right. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> I would say some of our night markets are quite nice as well. Yeah. Although I haven't been in a long time. Um, I haven't. With the either. whole COVID situation. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So. Well, it's cool. We're getting we're getting noticed. <laughs> <laughs> This is a cute story. Um, so there's a pair of leopard cats born at the Taipei Zoo, and they're getting ready to learn how to live outside the zoo for an eventual return to the wild. Uh-huh. And you can watch the first moments of their journey to yeah. self-sufficiency on YouTube. The zoo's YouTube channel will broadcast oh, I, I this live. I that. Oh. Um, they're part of a trio, for a litter of three kittens born in March. One the, the one of them is going to stay behind to be part of a leopard cat breeding program.
3: Oh, okay. And, so. But the other
2: two are probably going to be released back into the wild. and But they have to learn... Because they've lived at the zoo uh, their whole life how to do that hunting yeah. and so forth. And so there's a training, transitional training period that's going to start. Leopard cats, by the way, are, they look like household cats. Yeah. They're about the size of a house cat. But they're, they're quite beautiful. small. Yeah, They're quite small. Not leopard size at all. They're called leopard cats because they're spotted like leopards, though. Mm-hmm. And they're not, they're definitely not domestic cats now. No. I mean, the zoo's already started like giving them live foods like mice for them to eat instead of just giving them feed. That way they okay. have to hunt for it themselves, hunt for themselves so that eventually they'll they'll be able to survive in the wild but right. um it's going to take a little while um and it says they've started already sort of desensitizing them so that they, like you know they put the cages that they're going to be transporting them into the closure so that the enclosure so that they get used to it they won't freak out when they're suddenly snatched away from the only place they've known right. and um oh. yeah and it says a step at that, a time yes yeah. Um, eventually they're going to be ro- relocated to a center in central Taiwan and will ultimately be released. Okay. So, um, but, um, the siblings are going to get a health exam, have their, they're going to get vaccinated, the whole works. And then on, uh, it looks like next Tuesday. So maybe tomorrow.
1: Uh, oh,
2: oh wait, this already happened. We missed it. I'm uh, sorry. I read yeah. the date wrong.
3: Oh yeah. We are. Okay.
2: I'm sure well, it's on their YouTube channel still though. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I read I I've, I've had a dyslexic moment and changed <laughs> the numbers around in my head. Um, okay. Anyway, yeah. they were released. Or the adventure began on Tuesday at eleven a.m. The Facebook and YouTube channel of the Taipei Zoo probably still has the footage on. Yeah, so I'm go sure check they it out. Do. It's really great because we, uh, despite being a native Taiwan, uh, part of our native Taiwan flora and fauna, and despite the fact that the zoo has a dedicated area for Taiwanese animals, like indigenous animals, they haven't had any. For 28 years until these oh. these leopard cats were born there in just March okay. so it's part of a reproduction program to get more leopard cats born right. in collaboration with the Endemic Species Research Institute and National Pingdong University of Science and Technology leopard cats um, I think are uh, in addition to habitat destruction are threatened largely by cars it's very sad they are I frequent roadkill road in Taiwan
3: yeah
2: um, and I Interviews some people in Mialdee County, one of the areas where they're oh, concentrated. Yeah, there aren't very uh, many places that still have uh-uh. them. Mialdee County is, has the largest number. Okay. And but they've tried to make their, I forget what the number was. It was like a few Double hundred, digit? I think. Yeah, maybe th- triple, okay. I think, if I remember well, correctly. It's not
3: bad, I it, suppose. Compared to
2: what it used to be, it is. Okay. Um, and uh, they said, they t- talked about measures they were introducing to make the roads safer for them.
3: How do you do that? I mean, it's, it's hard.
2: You they're know, super cute. I mean,
3: I mean, I did that for, what was it now, for sea turtles? Was it what they made the tunnel underground? underground yeah, I think they did but, something. But it was a long something? time ago,
2: but he said it was something to do with the shoulders of the road so that the cats okay. and the cars they, don't come into contact with each other when the cats oh, try to cross the road.
3: A bridge, maybe?
2: Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it was don't. something like a a, hmm. a sort of a, a a culvert or like a ditch of some kind to make oh, okay. it so that they can't wander right onto the road. Right Appar- on road. Apparently, that's had some success. Um mm. But and it's good that they're going to be taking them to Nanto County in Central Taiwan, uh, because that's another area that has them, but has much fewer, of, if, if I if I remember correctly. Mm. So, yeah, uh, and pretty cute. I want to go t- check it out. They're uh, very, they're, they're very out cute.
3: There. They're oh, no, 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 are... they're not. They're, they they it's not, a transitional oh, oh, period. Oh, oh, okay, so they're in training, was, right, now, was in was training the, um, right
2: now. the event was like that they filmed was the first step on their journey when they <laughs> take them out in their little transporters yeah. out for the first time from the enclosure where they've lived since they were born in March. Right. So, cute stuff. Check it out. All right. All right, Chil, you've got a story for us. It involves Taiwan's indigenous languages. Speaking of yeah. endangered things.
3: I know. This is like endangered languages here. It, it really is. Um, So uh, the Ministry of Culture is organizing, like, a a series of virtual events aimed at preserving and promoting town's native languages. Mm. So it's going to be happening from July to August. But then they also have, like, some online forums um, scheduled, eight of them, um, starting, well, actually, I think it's more like in September. But... um, so this is a lead up to the National Languages Development Convention. Oh, in September. That's it. It's yeah. probably
2: going to be virtual, isn't it?
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, what they're doing is that really trying to make this more interactive because they're inviting the public to take part in discussions with experts, writers, and educators yeah. about the challenges, you know, uh, and opportunities involved in preserving languages. There's a lot of obstacles. There are, yeah, I know. There's a lot. Um, um, so we have quite a few, you know, like ethnic groups in Taiwan. and- Well, they're talking the, mostly. About But uh, Aboriginal Indigenous Mm -hmm. languages, right? And there
2: are there are sixteen recognized groups of those.
3: Right. We are talking about these Indigenous languages as well as Taiwanese Hokkien and Hakka. Okay. And and of course the more mainstream Mandarin Chinese. So they all Mandarin Chinese needs any preserving. No, you don't think so. The problem is everyone
2: has uh, through um, partly. Decades of government sort of coercion. Yeah. You, know, you couldn't speak anything other than Mandarin in schools. I, I was just going to say. Broadcasts of in uh, anything were other than Mandarin were limited for many years. But also because of just natural things like, uh, for in the case of indigenous and Hakka and indigenous languages, the younger people who should be the, learning the language, moving away from the places where it's spoken and not, mm-hmm. you know. If you're an indigenous person who grows up in Taipei, for instance, you're not going to hear a lot of your mother tongue. Mm-mm. So...
3: Yeah, my mom's Hakka. And, um, you know, I don't speak Hakka. But not only that, my mom's not speaking it at, at all anymore. I mean, I've been back 30 years. In the beginning, I would still hear her talk to, you know, my aunt in Hakka. But after, for some reason, after mm-hmm. a while, she's not speaking it. And I remember, um, you know, uh, my daughter's um, classmate's mom is also Hakka. Yeah. And there was a time when we were having like these drawing classes, art classes at my home. And I invited a teacher. And so the, the kid came, you know, the classmate came, and the mom came one day. And I said, I told my mom, I said, hey, mom, here's someone who's also Hakka. You know, you guys just speak well, Hakka. The problem is
2: there's five or there's like five different varieties spoken of Hakka. Well, haka I in suppose. Taiwan. Yeah. They don't, well, they don't all understand one another.
3: Maybe, but it really, Yeah. I didn't know that. See, that's how
2: much There's I don't know There's two major about my... ones and three smallish ones.
3: Oh, I didn't know that. But anyway, so the classmate's mom was like talking to my mom in She made but my mom understood. was like my mom was like answering in Mandarin. Uh, okay, and I was like, what happened there? Well, so, but she totally stopped speaking it. I, hop- I think it has to do with the you know just. Um, it's influenced from the environment, from yeah, society. Yeah, that's a, yeah. That's a
2: big uh, Yeah, killer. which is... Well, a, Haka a still has back. it pretty good. They've got their own dedicated TV channel and they um, do. larger numbers, although not tremendous. Um, yeah. uh, indigenous languages are much more, and there are some critically endangered ones among the 16 that are officially recognized. Like, right. they really have very few speakers left. And even the bigger ones, the challenge is like, we have Indigenous TV here, mm-hmm. but there are 16 languages. Right. You know what I mean? Like you can't dedicate to one or the other. And they
3: all try all so those 16 languages no, in that program. No, that no, no, TV no, no. Station? No,
2: they don't. They have, it's all in Mandarin. Except okay, for the, right, except for all the news. In Mandarin. Except for the news, right. which you may get your languages turned to come around like once every twice, three times a week. Uh-huh. And that's it. I know. So, so, and in schools too, like it's too little, too late. I've sat in on classes where they're teaching the kids and they're like, at an age where if they were native speakers they would be able to talk about all sorts of things and they're just barely able to like count and say some colors and uh, th- the quality of what they're learning is not, not yeah. its not rigorous you know I mean you can tell that it's the some government basic, is trying it's just some yet, basic phrases still, yeah it's, it's just really it's going to take more than a few forums to turn this around
3: right it's gonna, so
2: yeah well that just about does it for today's edition of Here in Taiwan I'm John Van Trieste. and I'm Shirley Lan stay tuned next for more of Shirley on Jukebox Republic
0: Oh, <laughs>
3: Hello there, you just tuned into Jukebox Republic, I'm Shirley Lin. So I got my COVID vaccine, AstraZeneca. So did my hubby, Big John, we went together to a hospital and boy, there was too many steps to go through before we finally got the jab. I'm going to talk about that, the process of getting it in Taiwan and also um, just, you know, how I felt after getting it and what I went through or did not or whatever. Let me know, too, how it's done in your country, see if it's any different. Anyway, I feel safer, I, I do, you know, now that I got a jam. So here's the song, Xin means Feeling Relieved, by Chen Yijia. <laughs>
0: 我lambda不聽
3: listening to Boss Republic. I'm Shirley Lin, and I'm talking about how I got the first shot of my um, COVID vaccine, AstraZeneca. So the morning that I got it, I made sure I had a good breakfast. I usually don't. I mean, I usually just have like a simple bowl of cereal or something. But um, um, that morning, I made sure that I have a good breakfast. My hubby made the dinner. Uh, sorry, the breakfast. I, I don't remember what we had. I think there was toast. Um, eggs, um, gotta have eggs. Yeah, I really like eggs and it's good for you. And, uh, something else. Uh, anyway, the plate was full. I remember I usually don't eat a lot for breakfast, but that morning I really made sure I did. And, you know, it, luckily it wasn't that early because if it's too early, then I don't have any appetite for breakfast yet. Um, that morning, I think, uh, we were set up for, uh, you know, the, the vaccine, vaccine at, uh, around 11. Yeah, around 11. Anyway, um. We drove to the hospital, and believe it or not, it was the same hospital where SARS broke out in 2003. Yeah. Well, uh, when we re- registered online, it gave us a few choices, and we just chose the hospital because we're familiar with it. We used to live around there, and that's where my in-laws live right now, in walking distance. I think they gave us choices according to our household registration address. When we arrived, there were some stools outside the um, hospital entrance in a line. And so we lined up, and then a medical worker came out and took our ID cards to go register for us. I was uneasy because you don't usually give your ID card to a stranger, and I wondered how you would know which one is who. Well, besides the fact that it looked like he was just holding them all in his bare hands. But then he came back and returned our ID cards along with some forms to fill. We were then led inside and directed to sit at a table and fill out the forms. Um, actually, one big form. More forms to fill. It's like um, ba- you know, asking for a basic inf- uh, personal information, but also some questions like, are you pregnant? Are you allergic to any medication, etc. Then we were led to line up at another place. This time, we were to take, our, uh, take out our health insurance card. And so I went up to the counter, and they inserted a card to register us again. I, I don't know why so many steps, but anyway... Then the woman pointed me in another direction for something else. I was confused. I had to ask, and, and I still didn't get it. Then I realized that you were supposed, you know you know how when you arrive to see a doctor at a hospital, you have to insert your health insurance card at the door of your doctor's office to indicate that you've arrived and then to, you know, wait in a waiting area to, uh, for your turn to see the doctor. So I did that, and uh, I was number 58, and then, and then you know, and then got in another line and sat in another store, and my hubby, Big John, was number fifty-nine. I was thinking, why all the hassle? I guess, I guess just to be safe, so there will be no mistakes or something. Yeah, I guess just to be safe. So, here's a song by He Yao Sen, 安全感, a feeling of security.
0: 想着值得不值得 Jujaina Tchau, e
3: So then my number came up, 58. And so I walked into the doctor's office. She pointed to some questions on a sheet of paper on her desk. Most were like repeated questions that I had to fill before. Um, But I guess they were just being very careful, which I guess is a good thing. And then I was asked to sign the form I had previously filled and to take that form with me and uh, start lining up at another place. Okay, so... I think with all this, so many steps, I think it's just to hold me accountable for everything I said and, and wrote, you know, and filled on a form. So if anything were to happen to me afterwards, you know, after I get the jab, they're not going to take responsibility. So, hmm, I guess that must be it. So that's understandable. But um, anyway, so like I said, they took me to another office and I had yet to sit at another stall outside the office. I was like the next person up, so they pointed to me. I got up, walked into the office, t- took the form from me, and actually it came with a card. Yeah, it came with a card. Um, uh, the date uh, uh, of the the day I'm taking the jab, and I was supposed to keep that card. It's a yellow card, uh, and not to lose it because they're not going to be taking, you know holding responsibility for that. Um, so then they took me, told me to sit down at another stool. And and a nurse was already standing by. Um, she's all you know, fully geared up, and and she was really really quick. I mean, I'm not afraid of needles, and I was ready to watch everything happening in front of me. You know, I I don't mind you know watching a nurse as they you know like poke this n- needle on me in me or something. Uh, and whereas other people would look away, I don't. And I was all ready for that, but before I knew it, it was already done, <laughs> and I was going like. Did she rub me with the alcohol with an alcohol swab before the jab? I, I mean, I felt the needle. It was in a split of a second of a flash. I mean, I didn't even feel if she pushed the vaccine all the way in. It was that quick. And how did she manage to put another swab on me and taped it down? It all went really fast. Even Big John said that she, he felt the same, too. Anyway, so we were told to, to rest outside, you know, get a, find a chair, you know, a stool, and at least for 15 minutes before leaving the premise to make sure that we're okay, we don't faint, or anything happens you know, before we leave. One thing they did tell us is that no rubbing on the spot. No rubbing, okay? But Big John was getting restless. After not even 10 minutes, he and I just wanted to pee, so we went and peed, and then we left. That was that. I went straight to work, and I was fine the whole day. And I was thinking like, oh, that's great. I'm not, you know, having any reactions to it. But it was like, wait until you know when the night kicks in. Yeah, that's when all the drama began. Um, I couldn't sleep. But that wasn't it. So here's a song, 我睡不着, I couldn't sleep, by 迪克牛仔。
4: 什么样的情绪 暖垂着地被你摔掉<笑> 睡不着 자하
3: So I was tired about 10.30 that night, so I went to bed. That's really early for me. But then at about 1.00 a.m., I got up and started getting a fever. Um, But it hasn't reached like 38 degrees Celsius, because that's when you're supposed to like take a Panadol. So I went back to bed, but I laid there for like half an hour and couldn't fall asleep. So I got up at 1.30, and my fever was already up to 38 degrees Celsius. So I took a Panadol, and I was really getting the chills. So I actually got another light blanket and put on top of me, on, on top of the one that I already have. I went back to bed. I tossed and turned, and I still couldn't sleep. So I got up and read a book for a little bit. Uh, I, I think I felt sleepy, so I said, okay, uh, I'm ready for bed. But um, I went and laid down. I still couldn't sleep. I don't know how long, and I just laid there. So then I got up and watched TV. And it wasn't until 4.30 in the morning before I actually fell asleep again. The next day, I was aching all over. I started getting another fever in the afternoon, late afternoon. But I was really glad that it was Saturday. I didn't have to go into work. You know, I didn't have to work, period. And I could just laze off a whole day, lie in bed and not feel guilty, try to sleep. I hardly ate at all that day. Didn't eat very much. And so, like I said, I started getting a fever in the late afternoon, and I didn't even bother to take a temperature. I just went straight to bed. And I slept and slept and slept till like 7.30 p.m. By then, I was feeling a lot better, you know? I was thinking, wow, what a journey. I mean, it wasn't bad. The next day on Sunday, I was really already recovered quite a lot, except for the spot where I had a jab. It was just slightly swollen and sore when I raised my arm. Good thing was that I had it in my left arm, I'd say. It wasn't that bad. Not like my other friend, our, our other friend, whose hands and feet got all swelled up. Yeah, well, he's diabetic too. I don't know if that's why. As for Big John... Except for some soreness around his arm, he was all fine. He did not have a fever, nothing, just, yeah, lucky guy. I'd say, no matter what, go get that jab. It's for your own good and safety, and for the good of everyone else. So, I say, yeah, go get that jab, no matter what. And don't, you know, it doesn't matter which brand, I'd say. But it's always just to keep yourself safe and everybody else, and... The more people get their jabs, the, the more we can really go back to, you know, normal lives and get out and do everything that we can do. That's what I think. Well, that's it for Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin. Oh, yeah. And my second shot is not till after September 25th. That long. Well, oh, well. I hope that we still have enough vaccines by then. I, I think we should. We should. We will. And so here's a song. Weenie how. For Your Good by Wei Li
5: No ja